The views and opinions expressed on the Untold History Revealed podcast are solely those of the individual stating them and are not necessarily those of the Untold History Revealed owners. Sit back and grab a cup of coffee or tea as we discuss some moments in history that may have been untold or forgotten. Another episode of Untold History Revealed starts now. Well, hello, folks. Uh, this is Sean Donnelly, and I have my partner here, Marianne, who happens to be my wife as well. So, anyways, uh, welcome to our first episode of Untold History Revealed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let me tell you a little bit about what this uh, podcast is going to be about. Um, if you don't know who we are, we're actually owners of a couple other websites. I'll mention their names right now. Uh, commercial. Uh, com and panicd.com um, and we do a live uh, YouTube show and we're also on uh, Beyond the Edge Radio with the Haunted Spotlight but a lot of things that we do uh, as far as social media or some of the research that we do for the other shows and stuff we come across some uh, interesting little tidbits here and there uh, so th- what we thought we would do is just uh, create another blog in this uh, podcast and kind of put out there some of the uh, little tidbits that we find. Did, mm-hmm. I, did I cover everything? I think so. Uh, so tonight's episode, uh, today is March 4th, 2016. Um, we're going to discuss two events that were pretty important in the lives of Americans. Um one took place on May 4th, back in 1865, and that was the actual burial of President Abraham Lincoln in Springfield, Illinois. It was the end of a very long funeral procession. It was. Lasted about 1,700 miles. <laughs> yes, 180 cities, seven states. It was quite impressive on and on and on so we're going to talk about that a little bit uh and we're also going to talk about another event that took place on may 4th in 1970 and this was actually the some call it the massacre at kent state but um it is the date in which four students at kent state main campus um were actually shot and killed by the ohio national guard Mm mm-hmm so, uh, let's get started. Okay. We'll talk about President Lincoln's funeral first, which was a quite an interesting event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I've said it a few times now to several people, but uh, I really feel bad for President Lincoln. Yes. <laughs> um for those of you, if you don't know this, uh, he was actually killed six days after uh, Lee surrendered to Grant, which brought the end of the Civil War. Um, so he pretty much didn't have a full week without stress. True. Uh, he didn't have the uh, opportunity to relax a little bit. And, uh, of course, we all know that he was actually at a play relaxing when he was assassinated. 
But um, that assassination spun off a lot of events that took place in the United States that um, in some of the research it says that they estimate that almost a million people viewed his uh, his body, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and that kind of marks that he was the first president that was embalmed as well. Yes. Right? Yes, he was. Embalming just came into into use just a few years earlier, as far as I, I'm, I'm aware. Um, he did have his son embalmed. Willie? Yes. And um, he decided, they decided to use the same guy who embalmed his son to embalm him. And then he kind of traveled along with the body and kept on uh, fixing them up here and there as he needed a little bit more love and care. Um, Now, Willie died while he was president in Washington. Yes. And I don't know if he was actually buried in the ground or put no, in a vault. No, he was put in a he was put in a vault and Lincoln actually used <coughs> to go and sit in there with his body. Yes, I do remember hearing that or yes. reading that or something which was kind of weird. Um I don't I, know. I do remember there's that. a lot of people that go to their especially if they're their children. There's a lot of people that go to their graves and, Well, I guess you know, that would be the okay so then. Was... You know, I I do know we've had this discussion before but i do know when a body is embalmed there is a little bit of decay still that takes place but yeah i could see i didn't know that willie was embalmed mm-hmm. too so that that's kind of like okay i guess you know where he goes and sits with them but i'd be curious to know whether the casket was open or closed that part i do not know <laughs> i'm not real 100 percent sure on that one uh yeah okay so anyways um if you don't know, and this is kind of why we're doing the podcast, is we'll give you those little tidbits. Yeah, we'll that give you, you don't these know. little tidbits, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll say the same thing that I do in some of my trainings that I give. Uh, we're going to go fishing. <laughs> yes. So if uh, if it's something that sounds interesting, it's a big fish. You keep it. If you've heard it before, that's a little fish. Just throw it back. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of stupid, but anyways. I like that little. <clears throat> it's cute. So we know that uh, President Lincoln was the first one that was embalmed. Mm-hmm. President-wise. Right, exactly. What's kind of interesting that I found out during this research is that the path that he took from Washington, D.C. back to Springfield. You know, because Mary Lincoln said, nope, he's not going to be buried here in Washington. I'm going to go back home to Springfield. And that's where he's going to be buried. Um it was the same path that he took from Springfield to Washington after he was elected president. I think that's kind of cool. So it hit major towns mm-hmm. um, along the way, which is why it's not 1,700 miles from Springfield to Washington. Right. It's not quite that far. But, yeah. You know, if you follow the philosophy of, you know, straight direct, line. Yeah. Direct <laughs> path would yeah, have been much shorter. Easier. I mean, because it went through, I mean, how many cities was it? 180 cities and seven cities. different states. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. Now, here's another little tidbit. Um, and this isn't on our webpage, but I, I do know this. is that Every time they stopped at a major city, they took the casket off the train. They took it to a location 
where the public could come and view the view body. The body. Mm-hmm. And the casket was opened. Yes. But photography was not permitted. They kind of kept a... Right. It was forbidden. Yes. But there were a couple of people who did manage to get a couple of pictures. And that is not on our website. No, we it's not. To, we, we might, might have, have to, to add to that this. Later. Um, so go ahead and tell that story. How they found it. You remember how they found it? It was an accident. There was somebody who was going through some records at the... Um, Library, of Library of Congress. They were looking for some things, and they found a copy of it in one of the books they were leafing through. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of sort of shoved in between the pages. It was an actual picture of President Lincoln laying in state at the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this was I don't know how many years later after the fact that they. Found yeah, I want to say but... I I don't know the date either, but I want to <coughs> say it was like at least a hundred years later. I mean, yeah, it was a long time. Um, but I bet you people were snapping pictures left and right, you know, or whatever, and well, they were confiscated. They were. They were confiscated in the glass plates because back in those days, it, it was on glass plate photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, they broke the glass plates, you know, so that they couldn't develop them. Now, when I was putting up the blog post, um, I was trying to find, it in, in the readings that I said, um, and... Those of you, I'm sorry, because we're kind of used to doing a, a video things and we could show you pictures. But um, our website right now, the, the web address is um, untoldhistoryrevealed.blogpost.com. Blogspot. Blogspot.com. Sorry. So say it again. Tell them what it untoldhistoryrevealed.blogspot.com. Right, and we're talking about the blog post. It's titled May 4th, 1865, Lincoln is Buried in Springfield, Illinois. Okay, so what I want to talk about here is that picture. If you kind of scroll down, it's a drawing of the funeral. That's what this is. Yes. Okay. In my readings, it says every drawing and photograph of the funeral depicts a riser on the left and the riser on the right of the the tomb that's the temporary tomb where they put right. so there's photographs of this too and i tried yes. to find photographs when i was doing the blog post and i and i couldn't find any yes Google, it's but. yeah the, a lot of times it's the drawings that you find of the old of the old pictures and things like that you don't really see the photographs you you really have to do a lot of deep digging to get the photos so yes yeah. Um, and we also have on there a picture that I thought was kind of cool. And this is from, uh, I believe, the Library of Congress. Yes. yes. It's an actual photograph of the hearse that was borrowed uh, from a company in St. Louis. Yes, in St. Um, Louis. That uh, they used to transport the body from the state capitol to um, Oak Ridge Cemetery for the funeral. Mm-hmm. So you want to tell the folks a little bit about the funeral procession? We talked about that a little bit before it started. What do you want to know? Because I thought I would tell them a little bit, too, before we got to that. I mean, we had a 1,700-mile journey that we went okay. on. And um, I know through research that I've done for the 150th anniversary of this, which was last year, mm-hmm. which we participated in a little bit. We can talk about that another day. But uh, that the train car that was taking him on this journey also had his son Willie in it. 
Yes. They took his body uh, to Springfield with them to be buried with, you know, Abraham Lincoln. And the... What's the what's the tra- train cart that car- that pulls the engine? I couldn't think of the engine all of a sudden. Uh, the engine uh, for the train car was changed in multiple cities, so the same engine did not take him on the whole from journey from start to finish. From start to finish. So in different cities, they would pick up a new engine to take them the rest of the journey. So I always found that to be quite interesting. Yes. Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about the train car. Okay, Okay, the actual car. Um, The car was actually being built. Now, mind you, he was still president. Yes, yes, he was. So the the train car was being built, and and then the readings, they describe it as what we would know as Air Force One. Right. But a train version. But a train car version, right. they didn't really have planes back then. Right. So, I mean, this car was being decked out plush, right? right? So that... President Lincoln could travel all over the country and, you know, live basically like a president. Right. Um, When he died, they gutted the car. All the work that they were doing on it to that point, they just gutted it and they put a platform in to hold the caskets and a couple staterooms for those who rode with the body. Another little side note. I don't know if you knew this or not. Mary Lincoln, his wife, who said he's going to Springfield, uh-huh. he's being buried there, not in Washington. She stayed in Washington the whole time. She wasn't even at his funeral when they put him in the thing. She didn't arrive in Springfield until after the funeral. Really? Really. Because she was so distraught, and you know, she ended, she ended up eventually just going insane. You know that, right? Yes, so, I, yeah. I I kind of knew that she didn't go on the train. She was but not at the funeral. I did not know she was not at the funeral. She was That's not just at the crazy. Funeral. Can you imagine yeah. if I didn't come to your funeral? Well, you know, I'll be gone, so who cares? <laughs> I'm not. Hey, come if you want. I don't care. Smoke them if you got them. Wow. Yeah, I I did not know that she never attended the funeral. She did not attend the funeral. So anyways, back to the train car. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, they stopped at 180 different cities along the way. And I don't know where amongst the journey, but the actual train car was sold to a railroad company. During this this ride, it's like, okay, when you're done, you know, I'll buy that car from you. And they're like, okay, well, I guess the president's not going to ride in anymore after we get him there. So, okay, sold. So, here's this railroad company that bought the car. Can you imagine? <clears throat> and then over time, it was used for different things and hauling cargo and all this other stuff. And it changed hands over and over and over. And finally, it ended up, um, I think it was some farmer that was going to restore it back to the original Lincoln funeral car and he had it sitting out next to a field and the field caught on fire oh, which wow. burnt the train car and it no longer exists in our history That's so, so <clears throat> a lot of people have made replicas of them and i think we've seen one before we've we? seen a replica yes where were we at when we saw that um, do you remember we went on it well they have the train car museum um was that in gettysburg Mm, I it was, don't know. It was one, it was of, one our of our journeys. Somewhere. 
But we, we rode on it, remember? Yes, we rode on it. And had the it. casket. Mm-hmm. And that, it was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, and they have another one in Ohio. I don't know the name of it, but I was reading a little bit about it that they've actually built on the back of a semi-truck. It has a wheel so that they can pull it. I wonder if that's the one that they wanted to have for the 150th anniversary, but they didn't know if it was going to be ready or not. It could be. It could be. Because I know it was like they were building it based on donations and stuff like that from what I saw on the website and everything. But um, So we'll do a later blog post and maybe you know podcast to get into that a little bit more. But um, All right, so that's the train car. You talked about the train and everything. Mm-hmm. Stop at each city. They get the body out. Blah 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 blah. Okay, so when they arrive at Springfield, this was like a three four day event, right? Well, it, when they got to Springfield, it was only really two days. They prepared for it for several days in advance. True, but he didn't arrive until the third, and he was buried on the fourth. Well, sort of buried. He put in the holding area, basically, but um. I was trying to find that one thing that they told the people. I think I put it in there. Oh, that's... Oh, I don't know if you put it in there or not. But anyways, the town of Springfield... It had like 12,000 people. Yeah, that was the population. And they expected anywhere from 75,000 to 150,000 people to show up. They weren't going to... um, They weren't going to have enough room for all these people no no absolutely not so uh okay may 4th was the funeral yes all right so let's go back to may 1st okay Okay. so on may 1st they they sent out let's see the committee on invitation and reception (laughs) okay was the subcommittee of the springfield springfield committee on arrangements okay i think they just had a, a yeah. A few too many letters <coughs> on, you know, the wall. And they're like, hey, let's put them all on the typeset for this. Right. So they sent a message out to all townspeople. And go ahead and read that message right there. It's right here. It is manifest, however, that a city of 12,000 people will be utterly unable to entertain or care for the tens of thousands that will be here. It is therefore respectfully urged upon our fellow citizens to club together and to come fully prepared for sleeping and eating arrangements and also be watchful against pickpockets and thieves who, it is understood, will be here in large numbers from abroad. Well, I love the way they talk back then. It's just like, you know, cool. They sent out a warning, said, hey, people are coming. Yeah. Lock up your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you keep your uh, money where you know it's yeah. safe. And <clears throat> So how how would you house that many people coming to this event? How are you going to have enough food? How are you going to handle, like, restroom facilities and all this? And, and this is in May. Right. Okay. And from what I read on May 4th. May 4th, it was 82 degrees. Yeah, it so was it was quite toasty. warm. It was toasty. How do you think that they handled the arrangements for people well, staying there? Well, sleeping, what everything I've read said that they didn't really sleep. 
So people weren't. So it was like a big party. Well, not necessarily a party, but the people who came, they were constantly being shuffled through the uh, facility where Lincoln was. So there were just thousands of people walking past him all hours. And then, of course, they would stop by Lincoln's home and a couple other buildings that they had kind of set up and people knew, hey, we should go see that facility. So they were like traipsing around the city, kind of looking for these different places. Um, And then, you know, they just didn't really have time to sleep. Well, from what I read, because I read a little bit more Mm -hmm. that I didn't put on the blog post, they were coming into town, they, meaning all these thousands of people, were coming into town by train. Right, and some of them didn't come until that ne- the day of the funeral, too. Right, but they parked the trains, and those trains became the hotels. Very cool. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. Yeah, because they would have had sleeper cars and things like that. That's how they handled most of that. Okay. and Quite and, interesting. Yeah. I would have never even thought about it. I never even thought about... 150,000 people coming to the funeral. That's that's crazy. That's how many. But people. he was the president. True. Well, I'm probably going to have that I many mean, at my funeral. If you funeral. think, oh, yeah, of course you will. <laughs> Does everybody uh, yeah, I mean, bring a buck? I mean, think about when President Reagan died. Yeah, but that there was were, in Washington. Yeah, but still, there were thousands of people from all over the country that, that you know, converged on the area just to walk past his body. And that was just lying in state. But what I'm saying, what I'm getting at, the point I'm trying to make, okay, there was a 1,700-mile journey. Journey. Every time they stopped, they got the casket out. People came, paid their respects. Yes. Okay. There was a big ceremony in Washington. He was laid out in the White House. Then he was moved to the Capitol building. And there was a big procession there and all that stuff. And then, I mean, this is the actual day of the funeral. People just must have followed the train, just kept mm-hmm. on going, you know. And just imagine the mood of the United States then. Oh, yeah. That country was... In mourning. Big you know, time mourning. Amazing. So, um, so let's go to May 2nd. Okay. All right. May 2nd, the actual... I think that's actually when the train arrived. Yeah. Well, that's when the train left. Um, it left the last city to come to Springfield, and then it arrived on on the third. The third. Okay, on a third. Yes, because you're right. It, it left the Chicago. It was yeah, in Chicago. It left Chicago because that's when it picked up, and it picked up this other train. To come with them that brought 44 more people, state representatives and stuff from Illinois that had to go along, you know. Anyways, so when it, so May 3rd is when it actually arrived. He actually yeah. arrived. Yeah. And, and I guess he, he arrived a little behind schedule. But, an hour. You know. It was only an hour yeah. off. 1,700 no miles, deal. only an hour off schedule. That's not that bad. No, not that bad at all. Some of the airplanes today can't meet that schedule oh right <laughs> i've sat on the tarmac longer than that me too <laughs> actually i think, I think we, we did it together, together. <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyways when they arrived may 3rd this is when they started the salutes so 
Can you imagine, like, first thing in the morning you hear a 21-gun salute? Bam! Going off. Yeah, and then literally every half hour. They fired a single shot every yes. every half hour. Um, now, I find it quite interesting that, you know, poor President Lincoln, even though he was embalmed, right. he was on a long journey. He was a very so, long journey. He's he's getting ready to be laid out again in the Capitol building in in, in Illinois. So they had to have the Undertaker come and give him a little touch up. Yes, his his um, embalmer along the route was you know adding more embalming fluid and touching up and everything. And yeah, they did. They brought him in to do some final touch ups. Yeah, a little touch up. And, you know yeah. what? Do you remember what they said they used? It was, um, it was uh, chalk and rouge and. Charcoal, amber, I think. rouge, chalk, and amber. It's a little touch up, mm-hmm. little touch up. Yeah, uh, gotta make him look presentable. Now I don't know how they did this. This is what I understand. They had a military escort and stuff with fourteen honorary pallbearers. Yes. Okay. Well, I guess that's kind of stupid because they, even though it was a pallbearer. They all didn't carry the casket. They couldn't, but uh, because I know it's kind of hard when you've got six people on a casket trying to, you know, mm-hmm. you're stuck together. But yeah, and and I'm I'm pretty sure that you know, even though he was a tall fellow, that casket probably wasn't very well, big. Yeah, it wasn't that much larger than it. Now, but, right. Uh, anyway, so they they go take good old President Lincoln and they they put him up in the Capitol building, and that's when the viewing began mm-hmm. again and they think all those people went through there and paid their respects and yeah from approximately 10 a.m on the third to about nine or so on the uh the fourth they said that the around nine they let the family do their final viewing the family that was there apparently not mary well i know his son was there yes and i'll get to why i know that later well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know that. Um, but, oh, what was I going to say? You okay, were so about on, the pallbearers. Okay, and... so we're talking May 3rd. This is when it started. They're shooting the gun every hour. Uh-huh. Okay. So at sunset, they do a 36-gun salute. Yeah, that, that's a national salute. I've never actually heard of anything but the 21-gun salute, have you? Okay. Had you 21 guns, no. 21 gun salute is military. Right. Okay. A national salute is a fire for every state. Ah. So at that time they did 36 because there were 36, 36 states. states. So I guess a national salute now would be 50. 50. Right. Okay. I did not know that. And you know on a 21 gun salute you have seven Fire shooters shots. that fires three times. So mm-hmm. on 36, I wonder if they had 12, 12 that fired three times. Three. Okay. You know. yeah. But, man, I've been... Have you witnessed a, a funeral with a 21 gun? I salute? have. I have. It makes you jump. Mm-hmm. It sure does. And it's very... And literally, they were doing that all day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I find it interesting, too, that um, they weren't allowed any alcohol for two days. <laughs> yeah, they shut down. They the shut bars. down all the bars. Shut made down sure the bars. The third and fourth, while president was there, no bars. All the all that was shut down by what was that the the uh, mayor's orders, I think, or something like that. Um, amazing! Like 
you have all the, this 150,000 people will come in into your town and you're going to shut all the bars down. Yeah. 100,000. Today, people. we'd be like, open them up, you know? <coughs> yeah. So. I bet you they had some alcohol, though, on the trains. They but, had to. Yeah, probably, but there were none, none coming from the establishments in Springfield. No. So, did you read this about Major General Joseph? No, Hooker. Go ahead. Okay, so Major General Joseph Hooker. He was in charge of the procession. Well, the military part of the okay. procession. Okay. But he was a general that was kind of like let go or demoted, <laughs> so to speak, by Abraham Lincoln for his uh, botching up the Battle of Chancellorsville. Ah. So he was kind of like, you know. So do you think he was set aside a little? Do you bit think he was whatever? glad to be in charge, or do you think it was like snubbing him to be put in charge? No, I think he. I think he, he took it as an honor because, think, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, in the readings, it says that that Hooker made an impression on Springfield, the town. Right. When the funeral train arrived, May third. He spotted a pickpocket in the crowd. Oh, there's those ones they were yeah. warning about. Yeah. So he went over and he gave the thief, a, the thief a kick that sent him no less than 10 to 15 feet. He just went over and kicked the guy. <laughs> well. You know, so he must have had some respect for the. I guess so, yeah. I, I'd like to see somebody like that try that today. <coughs> oh, yeah. Deal all kinds of lawsuits. And yeah. He kicked me. I was yeah. just trying to steal a penny. Yeah, wasn't much. You should never have done that. I had so much trauma. Okay, so let's move on to the actual funeral itself because we've got to talk about this. The, okay. the other date here. Right. I want to kind of keep these to an hour. Okay. Okay. All right. I know we have a tendency to go we on do. and on we and on. We get real excited about things we're talking about. Um, but anyways, the actual, uh, funeral itself mm-hmm. started on May 4th. Yes. At approximately one o'clock PM. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. you said in the morning. Right. Family. In the morning they still had people coming in then they had the right. family come in. Probably and had to do a little bit more touch up. Maybe, well, yeah. <laughs> before they closed the casket. Yeah. They closed and sealed the casket. Brought them back time. out, put them back in the, in the hearse. Yeah. Get them loaded up. Yep. Now, the funeral procession, Mm -hmm. I'm stumbling my words, um, had eight divisions. Military divisions. No, eight different divisions. Oh, right, yes. Because the eighth division was actually citizens at large. Right, so it wasn't all military. Yeah, right. Um, Seventh division had masons. Six divisions were Civil War, um, Christian and Sanitary Commission representatives i mean so you know fifth division was municipal of, uh, officials of springfield you know so they had it broken down in divisions and i remember that when we did the reenactment they had yes. different divisions yes we up. were at the end because yeah, we, we were, were just the town folk. we were just a town folk mm-hmm. but it was it was really and i remember the masons remember the masons that were there and i was like this is kind of yeah, why, why are they well yep. at this funeral they because actually they were had there. a division that was all masons mm-hmm. um what did it say? Masons, old fellows, and fraternities, and firemen. Yes. 
So that was in that division. Anyways, the entire procession itself was over two miles long. Yes, that's a lot of people in the procession. Right. Now, we're kind of weird folks, okay? But I will tell you, you know, I'm going to challenge you. Do this, okay? <laughs> Sometime you're coming home from work. We did this tonight, mm-hmm. okay? Just pick a, a mark that you think's like two miles from your house and hit that little tripodometer and just see how long that is. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. Two miles. All those people walking in 82 degree weather. Yes. Now here's the problem. They stepped off at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. It took two and a half hours to get from the Capitol building to the cemetery. And when they got there, they didn't wait. They just like, okay, let's go. They unloaded the, they put the body in the tomb, and they started the. They started the program. Right. The body was actually in the tomb. And that kind of makes sense because it's probably cooler in there, maybe. Yeah, it would definitely be cooler. And they in left there. the tomb doors open during the, the, the funeral ceremony, which lasted two hours, roughly. It was over by three. Which the whole procession wasn't even there yet. Right. So there's people in that last division. Mm-hmm. The townspeople. In the heat, walking. And All they're that like, way. they get there and it's, sorry, we're done. And as soon as it was done, everybody boom, dispersed. They shut the doors and they locked it up and they put guards there. They did. Guarding that casket and that was it. And then people dispersed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. But. The the ceremony, I mean, there was ceremony to it. Uh, there were several people who spoke, and there was a eulogy and all Choirs. that stuff. Choirs sang. Uh, but, yeah, they didn't wait for the, the whole crew to get there. No. So can you imagine, like, that today? You know, you, you see a funeral procession, if, it, if it's kind of large. And people in their cars, right? Right. Boom. Hearse pulls in. Paul Bearers come out. They take it over. Let's go. Bam, bam, bam. Hey, as long as the widow's here. But she wasn't even there. Right. You know? Who cares? But the part that I find interesting, okay, and we're going to leave this for another podcast later, what happened to Lincoln. Well, you're like setting afterwards. up all kinds of them. Yeah, because there's all kinds of stuff about oh, this. Oh, yeah. You know, in case you don't know, spoiler alert, uh, somebody tried to steal President Lincoln's body. Yes. But when they locked those doors and shut it up, they took the keys mm-hmm. and gave them to his son. Yes. Robert Lincoln. Yes. Do you think he would hold on to those keys? I thought he should have, and I was ticked when I heard what he did. He turned around and gave them to their lawyer to hold on to them. His law, his dad's law partner, one yes. of his law partners. The what was that? The cousin of the of Mary or something like that. It, I think it was Mary's cousin. Yeah. Why would you give that up? There's your dad's in there. You know why would you give? Well, you're those letting keys that security away? of yeah. your father, Go the ex president, who was else. just assassinated. Uh, yeah, given to somebody else. Yeah, so. gave it to uh, John Todd Stewart. It was his first, his Lincoln's first law partner, and it was Mary Lincoln's cousin. It was crazy. I, I, I was astonished when I learned that. I'm like, why would he give those keys up? I wouldn't have. I mean, like, ah, it's my keys now. You know. But that long journey mm-hmm. from the beginning of all that pop and surf, that's how it just ended. Bam, slam the yep. door shut. Lock it up. Mm-hmm. And it Postcards. was it was hard for them to get there too. Not not just the the length of time and all the cities and everything, but 
Springfield did not want him buried there, and Mary did, and well, she had to wasn't fight. Ready for it. She had to fight for him to be buried in Oak Ridge Cemetery. She wanted him to be buried there. The city wanted him to be in some special place in the center of town or something. And, yeah. And she's like, absolutely not. He's going to be buried out, out where we live. So, so that was. Uh... And that wasn't even his his tomb. It was just a holding area uh, that the cemetery there had built. It had been used twice before mm-hmm. to hold on to bodies until they could dig their graves. Uh, but it wasn't used after this. He, he was there and Willie was there, and it wasn't used afterwards. Eventually, he did go to his own grave, but um, several different ones, I guess I should say, with that spoiler alert there. Yeah. Yes. So, Lincoln put in the tomb for the first time today, 1865. So I'm sitting here trying to calculate how many years, how many years is that? It's 151 years. 151 years. Yes. So let's move up to 1970. That's a big jump. Huge jump. But there was something else that happened on another May 4th. Um, And we have another blog post out there that is entitled May 4th. 1970, four killed at Kent State University, nine wounded. Yeah, now you mentioned that that wounded count varies. It does. I mean, and some of the stuff that I was looking at when I was putting this post together, some say nine, some say ten, some say eleven. You know, and this was covered, again, nationally. Um. Actually, we found another one, and I didn't put it on here, of Newsweek that covered this in, in 1970. Newsweek? Oh, it was in Newsweek. It was in Time Magazine, Life Magazine, uh, New York Times. Uh, yeah. The one I posted on there is the, the cover of uh, The Plain Dealer. The reason why yeah, I did that, because that's, that's a Cleveland paper. But I just didn't know Newsweek <clears throat> was around back then. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to set this one up, or do you... Uh, well, I'll I'll tell you that the majority of people, myself included, um, really only knew part of the story. Okay. And growing up, all <coughs> I knew was that there was this shooting at Kent State University. Four of the students were shot and killed by the National Guard, and that's that's it. I didn't know anything else but there's a, there's more to the story yeah, there's, than that. there's definitely more to the story and i thought when i actually saw this and and i thought okay may 4th oh wow this is when this took place the 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 thing that immediately hit hit me was why did it happen why did this shocking tragedy tragedy mm-hmm. at a campus i'm at right I, i've been there several times you, you you've uh-huh. been there mm-hmm. um we haven't been together but, no we haven't been there together um i i got my degree from kent state uh trumbull campus but i've been up to the main campus my sister's graduated from there it's a quiet little town I yeah mean, it's a little it's a uh, you know well again, i want to say it's like youngstown but yeah. no yeah youngstown's but, not as quiet but yeah. kent is just a quiet little yeah. town. but again 
historically what everybody knows is that those students were protesting. Yes. So they were protesting, they couldn't get under control, and the National Guard shot them. So I did a little digging to find out why, you know, what was going on that led to this. And and I know, I was born in 1968, this has happened in 1970, I was two years old at the time. I wasn't born yet. But my dad was in Vietnam, um, my uncle's. My uncle was in Vietnam, and, uh, you know, I've heard stories. My stepfather was in Vietnam and everything, and I've heard things when they come back and, you know, how they were treated when they come back. And, and, I, and I just want to say this. I love how generations now are supporting the military. Yes. Um, we just did a murder mystery dinner that was a fundraiser for veterans, and I really took pride in that. And even our past murder mystery dinners that we've we've done at Christmas time, we've 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 put out Christmas cards for the guests to sign that we sent to the soldiers and stuff like that. Because if if somebody is willing to lay down their life for you, for my freedom to be able to do something like this, like a podcast, mm-hmm. um, they deserve my respect. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel, and. Back there during the Vietnam uh, period, when those soldiers were coming back and they were treated like the way they were treated, that's another story another time, but um, I was kind of like wondering why did it get so bad that it it led up to this this shooting. So here's what I found out. Now, we all know about President Nixon, Mm -hmm. and he was a little bit... Dishonest. He was a good politician. He did good things for the country, but he also had a little bit of ethic problems. Okay, Okay. we'll go with that. To be politically correct. Okay. We know this. It's historical fact. Okay? It's another story another time to get into that. But what I found out is his presidency, one of the things about his presidency, his his campaign was... If I'm elected president, I'm bringing back our soldiers and bringing them out of Vietnam, and we're going to pull out, and this is, it's over. You know, elect me president, and I'll make that happen, okay? He was elected president in 1968. That was the year I was born, okay? When I was born, my dad was in Vietnam. Yes. I remember this. Okay. You remember when you yeah. were born? No, I remember, remember that out? my dad oh. was not around when I was born. Okay. Another story, another time. Anyways, in November of 1969, this is where it started getting ugly. Because there was a, and, and I don't know, I don't know all the details, but it was a massacre by American troops, blah, 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 Vietnam village. It, it was ugly. It wasn't. It wasn't nice stuff. Okay, but President Nixon ordered the invasion of Cambodia. Okay? okay, and he went on TV and announced this. That was in April, nineteen sixty-nine. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Now that. Really fired up these protesters. I could say these protesters, like they're like, you know, stereo, you know, that's probably the wrong way to say it, but that fired up the protesters because 
number one, people are protesting the war to begin with. He said that if you elect me, I'm going to, you know. Bring our boys home. Bring our boys home and everything. But it, a year later, he orders the invasion of Cambodia. And that just fires. That's like throwing gasoline on the on the fire. So what had happened was all across the nation, just not Kent State, but every major college had protesters. And they would stage their protests, their, their rally, so to speak. Fairly peaceably. Right. <clears throat> Stating their opinion, which as an American, you have you a right to do. do. <clears throat> in fact, we were just in Philadelphia last year. Last year. Right? <clears throat> there was a protest going there on. There was. And it was peaceful. It there was, was cops walking around and yep. they were just making sure it didn't get nuts. Okay. Right. All right. So in April, so on and so forth. All right. April 30th, Thursday, April 30th, President Nixon announced to the nation, so he went on television, that the Cambodian incursion had been launched by the United States Combat Forces. April 30th. On May 1st, this is when they had the first rally at Kent State. Okay, well, they had them across the nation, but we're talking just Kent State. And they had it in a, an area called the Commons. Okay. Right? It was kind of peaceful. Like a quad type thing? Yeah, it was a, it was a, a common area, okay. grassy area. Mm-hmm. A lot of people there, you know, there was... Uh, 500 or so people there, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Okay, so it gets to the end. They said, um, we're going to have another rally on May 4th at noon. They were telling everybody, okay, you know, by 1 o'clock, the crowd was starting to disperse, go to classes, that kind of thing. It was breaking up. It was a, a peaceful rally. We're getting back together on May 4th at noon to have another rally. What had happened was, was there were, let's say, radicals that weren't necessarily from Kent State, or Kent, for that matter, that were in the area. And that night, they went into town, and some students were in town, so on and so forth, and things got out of hand. Businesses had windows break, uh, broken out. Um, there were... I don't want to say a riot, but it was, it got out of hand. And it was so bad that the Kent Police Department had to call in extra officers on duty, and that wasn't enough to handle the ruckus. Okay? So it was pretty bad. This is setting the stage. This is May 1st. Yep. Okay? On May 2nd, I think it was May 2nd or May 3rd. Um, during the day, even some students from Kent State felt bad for what happened and went into town and was helping to clean up. Aw, how nice. Okay, but the night before was so bad that some of the, the business owners and the, and the um, you know, citizens were leery of them. They're like, you know, they're, they're getting scared. But they couldn't distinguish between good and bad students. Yeah, plus, you know, who's from the area, who's not from the area. Because 
like I wouldn't know all the people from Youngstown State University, you know, if they came. Oh, right. Because you know. we're talking. Yeah. At least 12,000 students. Right. Okay. It's a major campus. So everybody looks like somebody that shouldn't be there. <clears throat> right. Okay. So anyways, you know, there's students that felt bad about these protesters that went into town and they just kind of like took it to the next level. And that didn't really represent what they were trying to accomplish. You know, they're they're trying to accomplish peace and let's bring these people back. And Nixon's like freaking lying to us. Let's do something about it. All right. Later that day, somebody, they, they, they just say the protesters set the ROTC building on fire at Kent State. Oh, man. Here we go. It's yep. getting ugly again. Mm-hmm. The fire was so bad that they had to bring in other fire departments to help put it up. So there's police there. Fire's there. Other fire departments are there. They're putting it out. And here are, let's say, bad protesters chucking rocks and stuff at, the, at these guys trying to put this fire out. They're like, let it burn, man. Let it burn. Again, might not be representing... The students of Kent State. These could be outsiders that could be. But if you think back there in the seventies with all this stuff going on, this was the turning point of our nation where, you know, you had clean cut and lack of a better word, hippies, you know what I mean? It's like people were different. Okay. So Billing set on fire and they're 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 going back at the police. So it gets so bad that the mayor of Kent puts in a phone call to the governor and says, look, I need help. I can't control all this stuff down here. And So the, this is on the second. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, the I'm National trying to find Guard, the governor's name. The National Guard. Governor Rhodes. In. Okay. So during a press conference, this is on the third, at the Kent Firehouse, an emotional Governor Rhodes is pounding the desk and called those student protesters un-American. Uh-oh. <clears throat> okay, so they just grouped all these together, and it's like, okay, so let's add some more fuel to the fire, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, May 3rd, Kent State put out, I mean, the campus put out 12,000, this is why I know it was about 12,000 pamphlets, leaflets, that said, hey, all the protests are canceled. This is, you know, it's out of hand. We need to, and this is the, the, the National Guard was already on site to kind of help out with policing and, and things like that. But, hey, this is getting way out of hand. No more uh protest or anything like that until things calm down things need to calm down okay let's just chill out right what's that do adds more fuel to the fire and it says you can't tell me that i can't protest blah 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 and all this other stuff and these radicals get these students and everybody all fired up and it gets to the point where the national guard was ordered to get the protesters off campus. Now we talked about this. Um, you know these National Guard kids. We're talking 18, 19, 20 years old. And they're caught in the middle of this. And I'm not taking any side. I, you know to me if I was told. Hey 
let's just calm down. I, I don't even think I would have even went to school that day. You know, I've been like, hey, I'm going home for a couple of until this, like, pans over. But, um, you know, here's these kids, the National Guard has got these guns, and they're ordered, hey, you got to get these other radicals off campus. So they start marching to kind of push them back, and they go up over a hill, and the protesters go back down the other side. <clears throat> and when the National Guard gets to the top of the hill and they look down, they see it, it looks like they broke up. Okay, and, and they're approaching like a fence to a sporting area. Well, what had happened was is the protesters made a left and ducked behind a building. The ones that they were trying to get off campus. So the National Guard was down in this, you know, if you think about strategically with military, you got the higher ground, you get the advantage. They're down below for like 10 minutes. They turn around like they're going to head back to where they started from, and they see there's all these protesters above them, chucking rocks, tear gas, throwing it back at them, and all this other stuff. And they're kind of like trapped. Now, this is all testimonial stuff because it all went to a civil case and all this other stuff like that. Now, as to why the shots were fired or, you know, there's there's some out there to say that there was a sniper that shot at the National Guard and they fired back and, you know, all this other stuff. But basically, it led to 67 uh, shots fired, 67 rounds. In a matter of 13 seconds. It's a lot in a little bit of time. Yeah. And they know that one of the first shots fired was from a forty-four revolver, not a rifle. Uh, and, you know, the... the so, a handgun. Yeah, a handgun. The The guardsmen who shot... I mean, some of them tested... They felt they feared for their lives and so on and so forth. You know, it just got ugly really bad and it led to four being killed and nine to eleven being wounded but when that took place this is where things kind of changed um at the aftermath of it because there was a national protest across the country where college students went on strike did you know that it shut down the college system. The strike. Boom. Hey, they were paying for it, so if they didn't go to class. Yeah. So, it, it just that, and, I mean, to me, I mean, Kent's not too far from where we work. Right. Or even where we live, for that matter, but that one little, I guess it's not little, four, four students lost their lives. And here's the sad thing about it. Two of those lives that were lost were protesters okay the other two were actually just students going from one building to another you know they were just at the wrong place the wrong time you know i would have probably picked a different route <clears throat> I, like, I like i said if if i got this leaflet saying hey you know it's getting bad all the, i'm not going to school that day you know so um it, anyways the the whole this version that I hadn't heard before. I mean, it really leads a different light yeah. on on the situation. Because what do they always say is, oh, they just came up and they just, you know, 
they were going to have a protest and the uh, the National Guard didn't like it and they just started shooting on us. But that's not necessarily what really happened. Yeah, there was a lot that led up to that mm-hmm. breaking point. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the, the students, the protesters. I feel bad for the National Guardsmen or the Ohio yeah, National well, Guardsmen. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was just a... It just got to a boiling point, and bam, you know, something had to happen. Which is, and it leads back to basically Nixon. You know, if he if he did what he said to get him elected in the office, maybe this would. Which happen. he basically just lied. So they go now. We're we're in the middle right now of presidential election. It kind of makes makes you think twice about what these people are saying. Well, you, know, yeah, you can't take, you got to take it with a grain of salt to get elected just to get elected. And then they're going to do whatever they want. Yep. That's the way it you know? always seems to happen. But the loss of life is not acceptable, especially when you have a right as an American to protest. Yeah. And they so. had, they had uh, filled out their paperwork and all that for these protests. They It was originally said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a sanctioned... Sanctioned rally, so to speak. Well, I'm looking at the clock, and I think we might be close or maybe a little bit over. An hour. I didn't look and see what time we started. I think it was around 8 o'clock. All right. Um, so I guess we're going to wrap it up with this podcast. Okay. Do you have anything you'd like to add? No, just hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll be looking for more little tidbits to share with you in the future. Um, we're going to try to put these out on Wednesdays, if we can. If okay. we can. Wednesday's okay. not really a good day, but... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If we could do one every week, would be kind of cool. Um, so thanks for listening, and... Um, have a good night. Till we're back again, you guys uh, have a good one. You've been listening to Untold History Revealed.